Previously on The X-Files, the year is 1993, and the truth is out there. Or at least that's what Agent Fox Mulder wants you to believe. After witnessing his younger sister get abducted by aliens as a child, he has made it his life's work to uncover the capital T truth about little green men. To accomplish this task, he joins the FBI and makes friends with people up at the top that Q-drop information on his desk from time to time as he works discarded FBI cases, aka the X-Files. His superiors, who are in on the capital C conspiracy, bring in Agent Dana Scully to monitor and debunk his work by gaslighting him with paperwork and whataboutisms. Each episode, our intrepid agents deal with a monster of the week, always missing out or losing any physical evidence that would prove that the thing they're hunting isn't just some guy in a Halloween costume. All the while, Mulder maintains a childlike wonder at the unknown, while Scully plugs her ears and goes, la 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 la, I can't hear you, at Bigfoot until he leaves. <laughs> After being fired from the FBI for getting too close to the capital T truth a few times, uh, only to be rehired through increasingly strange means, our heroes have grown quite close and are back on the beat, hunting for strange creepy crawlies across the US. And now, our story continues. And and then here I put a little bit of intro music and Ooh. that plays for a little bit. We interrupt this program to bring you a giant of limitless power. What did happen, they wondered. Why not try nuclear fission to build the first atomic bomb? Man has released from within the atom's heart not one, but many giants. Welcome to Tokyo Signals, the bite-sized kaiju podcast for all your conspiracy theory needs. I'm Rob, and joining me live from a grassy knoll are two very special guests. Would you mind introducing yourselves? Yeah, I'm Charlie from the uh, No Gods, No Monsters podcast. I'm also sometimes known as the Godzilla of the No Gods, No Monsters podcast. And my co-host here, who is also known as the Manila of the No Gods, No Monsters podcast, is is Rabbit. Uh, that's news to me. Hey, I'm Rabbit. Uh, yeah, thanks for having us on, Rob. Hey, thank you guys for making time to hang out. Uh, uh it's uh it's a pleasure i've been listening to uh uh to y'all guys for a little while after you yeah i think you messaged me on on uh, uh twitter about the um the monstrum episode we did and then, like after that i was like oh hell yeah an anti-capitalist podcast about giant monsters this is extremely up my alley <laughs> hell yeah i'm glad you enjoy it we love your show and yeah um we're yeah we're a kind of a leftist look at uh giant monsters or we do all kinds of monsters but mostly giant monster movies but we yeah. mostly just try to have fun and make fun of cops you know <laughs> what else is there in life but to sit down and make fun of cops <laughs> exactly uh, i mean kaiju movies and, and making oh, fun of cops yes yeah. that's, that's all we need uh speaking of making fun of cops uh do you guys have any personal history with uh the x-files show um so personally, growing up, it wasn't a show I regularly watched, but I would 
I would catch an episode here and there, and I always liked it. Uh, in my early 20s, which uh, Rabbit and I, I know, both went through a big alien phase, which uh, every cool kid does. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> and I know we would watch it some then, and I've had, through the years since then, I've had like a couple of watches through the season. Um, and I also had one of my closest friends uh, is was obsessed with the show in high school, so I've watched a bunch <laughs> with her too. Um, she has like... I think she has like every episode on VHS or awesome. I think she might have a, a script or something of, of oh. one of the episodes. But yeah. What about you, Rabbit? Um, I watched it from time to time growing up and it always totally scared me. Like I was such a witch. I would also, uh, I would watch this <laughs> and I would watch Are You Afraid of the Dark? And they would both just like destroy me. And then in probably like... 2010 or 2009 i watched all of it uh that was out at the time and got really stoked on it and then the new season when it came out a few years back so i have seen all of it for sure nice have you seen the second new season i think so i don't remember i only watched the first new season isn't it like it's kind of like one of those soft reboot things where like now Mulder and Scully are kind of like mentor figures, more or less like they're kind of pulled back from the show. I can't remember. The one I watched was like the the season with the guy from Community playing like an Alex Jones type character. That's the season I saw. <laughs> yeah, so I think that was just the they've had two new seasons. I've only watched the first new season. Whoa, this um, is news to me. Holy crap. I got work to do. I'll be right back, guys. You're welcome. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll pause the episode. We'll go finish watching X-Files. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we should just do a rewatch of the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, which, by the time. way, Rob, um, this is the second episode we've done with Signals. Uh, I appreciate you not pointing a gun at my head and telling me I have to watch every episode in the show. That's um, okay. Like you, did with, like you did with King Kong. I, I asked... I asked Rabbit to cover. I asked you all to cover one episode. You <laughs> you went above and beyond, and I need to stress this is one of the best things about the podcast. And I was gonna say it later, but uh, Charlie is the best summarizer of like content that has ever existed. <laughs> I I I I bust butt to try and like uh, uh to shoot for the the stars and angle towards like the the potentiality of of charlie's ability to summarize uh, uh, uh like the happenings within a narrative i <laughs> all all my years and i still have yet to accomplish it so i i was blown away by your segment on uh the christmas special i really have to thank y'all for that <laughs> i uh i appreciate that compliment i'm always uh afraid my summaries are horrible and rabbit's always like no no it's really funny and i'm like yeah you're just you're just humoring me <laughs> no i so legit so that's nice to hear <laughs> that Huge holiday fan. episode was awesome it was such a great concept and it was really good on you bringing so many different people together so right back at you yeah no, but i mean if you do that again maybe choose a good show no it's got it's i've got to find something else trashy frankly i might just do season two but uh i'll leave that 
I'll leave that as a as a surprise for um for this next Christmas. Uh, awesome. So so uh, hold on to your butts for that one, uh, everyone. <laughs> um, I personally was too afraid to watch this show. I think I had like a deep, like I think every you know like there's like irrational fears you have as a child, you know. Uh, and like for me, the two top fears were. Uh, I think it was like, uh, like fish hooks. I was so afraid that one day I'd get like a fish hook stuck in me, you know, cause like I, I got traumatized as a kid going fishing and watching my, uh, my God uncle take pliers to like take the fish hook out of a fish's mouth. And I was like, what if I like whip this fish hook backwards and fling it forwards and it like gets caught in my ear or something uh i just had that mental image in my head forever i mean i'm scared of that now too Um, like have you seen the movie blood hook no but i don't want to now just based off the (laughs) the name and the premise that i established it's it's kind of a humorous horror movie where yeah if i remember correctly there's just like you see like this fish this giant like fish hook that just all these people in this lake and you never see who's controlling it um Amazing. until the end of the movie yeah uh and there's even a kaiju joke in it there's oh. someone who makes a joke they talk about like playing music or something to attract the killer i don't remember exactly and then one of them's like oh, this isn't some old kaiju movie <laughs> this is a uh, very weird anyways sorry so, oh no <laughs> yes uh, hooks are scary uh But my Uh, second big fear was alien abduction. And since one of the core premises of this show is frequent alien abduction, uh, I I just could not. I I remember several episodes. I remember like sticking in my head. The one with like the. uh, Aliens going fishing. No, I, I, that one, if there was an episode like that, like where, you know, Mulder gets a, a fish hook stuck in him and gets dragged into a spaceship, it would have been too much for me. But no, no the episode, they actually say, we're fishing for Rob. We're fishing for, the, they turn and face the, Will Greenman, for some reason, this little, like, the little scrawny guys, the big old black olive eyes and everything, too scary. Yeah, for sure. Uh Yeah. But like I, I remember a handful of episodes because they stuck with me, and like, it's the the like, I don't know, like the the like the the quote unquote freak show episode, uh, where there's like the the um, like the tattooed guy, and it's like, look, he's got tattoos all over his body, and he eats everything, including the main yeah. villain of the episode. It's just like weird, um, weird stuff like that, you know. Yeah. There's actually a slight relation to this episode from that episode. Oh, yeah? So that episode was written by Darren Morgan, who is considered like the fan favorite best ever writer on X-Files. Yeah. He only wrote like a small handful of episodes. Yeah. He did not write the episode we're covering tonight, but he did the rewrite on the episode. Oh. And you can see some of his style kind of bleeding into the, the episode. I um, mean... This this episode is good. I because I I tried to mainline a bunch of the show before this, so I watched the 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 pilot episode, which is perfect television. It is mm-hmm. it is still one of it's it's the best. It's still really like top tier stuff. I watched yeah. uh, the first three episodes of season one. They were all really good. Skip to season two. 
season two was a little lackluster, but still like, you know, kind of found its footing towards the end. Then I skipped to the beginning of season three, which is where this one is. And it is a two-parter that is some of the most over-the-top, like noble savage nonsense. It is the most stereotypical. It is Mulder. I mean, I guess it's like kind of that conspiracy theory kind of thing where like they put a lot of stock into like very racist caricatures of like native American medicine men, uh, while also believing in the like extreme right wing ideologies. So for sure, I don't know. There's, you mean, you kind of see it now, especially in like the, the QAnon circles where there is very much like this kind of like, you know, crystal mommy energy going on a very poorly understood uh, spiritualism, you know? Yeah. yeah so, like, totally. I mean, I haven't revisited X-Files in a long time, but most conspiracy theory circles, if you go deep enough, go to very problematic and unchill yeah. territory. So I yeah. can't imagine <laughs> that it doesn't touch on some cringy stuff politically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the right wing has really sadly overtaken conspiracies. Ah, um, uh, yeah. I think the, I think the left needs to take it back. Um, because I, mean, I feel like I, Art Bell was also probably pretty, you know, uh, ultimately right wing. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I, I remember listening to Coast to Coast AM and it always felt like, I don't know, fun. It felt yeah. like mm-hmm. it was just like, oh, yeah, the, there's a face on Mars or something. And there's one guy on the team <laughs> or one guy on the debate table is like, no, it's very clearly just a mountain and some shadows. And everyone else is like, no, it looks like a reptilian bird person and you're crazy. <laughs> you know, it was all just like fun, goofy stuff like that. Yeah. Or like storytelling, you know, and now it's like the only kind of conspiracy theory, like, you know, talking heads you get are the Alex Jones types. And, you know, it's just like the the dynamic has shifted so dramatically to this, like, you know, instead of like, you know, no, noble truth finders, it's like poor beset upon, uh, you know, little old you, if only you could uh, kill all of the people that you disagree with, then your life would be good. It's just like such a weird yeah. dynamic <laughs> shift. And so this show. Oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. sorry. No, no. I think the show exists in such a, a time capsule moment of the 90s where these conspiracy theories were basically just like fun things you could find at a, a local library. You could find like a what about UFOs or you could find, you know, like you could listen to Coast to Coast AM and it was, I guess, fun ultimately. Whereas now conspiracy theories have bled together to form one hypercube of conspiracy theories <laughs> that like all have to support each other and all ultimately lead back to the final ultimate truth, which is uh fascism, which is yeah. a huge shame. Yeah. That's a good um, point. Pre-internet X files is in like the golden, it's the perfect time to do this show. And I'm glad yeah. they did. I, I wish I could remember the context, but I remember there's somebody getting really angry and complaining about how uh, the show is propaganda. Cause they had, clinton's uh bill clinton's picture <laughs> up in in like the office which is like it's a government building they have a picture of the president <laughs> yeah <laughs> it has nothing to do with politics at all <laughs> like it's the uh, most but, yeah i yeah <laughs> I, I, you know it's very strange watching the show now like in the moment mm-hmm. because 
now you have Mulder who is like presented as this very like cool, like fun guy who's like uh, just like just just a bit more nor- normal than like Agent Cooper is. But still, like, kind of wackadoodle. So, like, when he's, like, doing his weird kind of, like, you know, that's the thing, you know, Mulder. That's the thing, Scully. It's all connected. It's all part of one big thing. You know, it feels fun. But then, like, inherently, at some point, he'll mention something that is a conspiracy theory that now is, like, so wrapped up into, like, the QAnon norm that it's, like, uh. (laughs) yeah, like, yeah. It's and definitely... you just know if you just you just know that like if you search on uh, online for the conspiracy you'll oh, yeah. you'll see that it's a bunch of people claiming it like and it's the Jews that are doing this yeah and it's... yeah <laughs> it always goes back to the the you know globalists you yeah know? exactly and like we all know what that's a dog whistle for for so mm-hmm. I don't know. There's there's a there's a little bit of uncomfortableness when I watch this show now, but if I isolate my brain from that, honestly, it was pretty fun uh, to watch these episodes. Uh, if if not just for the fact that the special effects are so hammy that it makes me <laughs> like truly for a moment consider like moving fully into luddism luddism to just like (laughs) listen we should just technology and like special effects should not have advanced beyond 1996 maybe that should have been the dead stop of when like all cinematic technology should have stopped that's the true i wish that was the true political influence of this show for sure yeah um that's that's me that's that's whole my whole outlook so i'm fully on board with that (laughs) um but yeah uh do you guys want to move on to the plot of this episode yeah yeah let's do it let's do it we find our heroes deep down in the swampy end of season three of x-files episode 22 quagmire During a cold open, Dr. Faraday, a frog scientist, is researching the frog holocaust that is happening across the world. Is it because we're turning the friggin' frogs gay? No, it's because of pollution. Or so he thinks. A local parks and wildlife officer, after scoffing at our good doctor's concerns, leaves only to notice that he forgot his pager. So he stomps back to the lake, only to be dragged into the murky depths by some unseen assailant. Mulder, sensing a mystery is afoot, drags Scully along to hunt down Big Blue, North America's very own Loch Ness Monster. But they aren't alone, as Scully has brought her pup, (laughs) Queequeg, along for the adventure. And we know where this subplot is going. Our investigative duo arrives and stoops around town, eventually being led to a local bait shop where a man, well, half a man, floats up to the docks. Scully instantly writes off the floating torso as probably being torn in half by a fish or the current or something. It's probably normal. It's no big deal, Mulder. Jeez, calm down. Haven't you ever seen a lifeless torso before? But not long after this, two more victims are attacked by the creature. One in the middle of the day, in front of witnesses that, in fairness, happen to be licking frogs to try and get high. But still! (laughs) 
<laughs> and all that's left is his severed head. Wow, that seems pretty conclusive, right, Scully? Maybe we're going to check for bite patterns or saliva or bacteria on the neck wound? No? Okay, it's probably just a boat or something. Well, <laughs> at least we can close off the lake, right? Oh, also no? Okay, then. Moments later, a photographer, who's using a very cool medium format camera, by the way, that I would very much like to have, is also <laughs> dragged into the depths. And somehow, all 12 pictures he manages to snap as he was dragged away by the creature are just of his face, even though the camera was facing the water in the scene where he's killed. All right, then. But while the sheriff and his goons are throwing grappling hooks into the lake, attempting to unearth the missing photographer, the sheriff is pulled in by something. He stumbles out of the water, and much like a conservative politician, now that something bad has personally happened to him, he's willing to take action. And the lake is now officially closed. Later that evening, while Mulder is looking over photos of the lake attack, Scully takes her dog Queequeg out on a walk in the woods, then gets kind of spooked and lets her pup loose in the woods, where it meets a grisly fate, an early retirement from the X-Files TV show. <laughs> With her dog gone and Mulder forming a new theory about Big Blue based off of the local sightings, Scully agrees to rent a boat with sonar and go explore that section of the lake. Things go poorly when something big slams into the side of the boat, shattering the hull and leaving the duo stranded on a rock all night. The two talk about a few things until Scully lands on, a, on talking about Moby Dick and tells Mulder that he is obsessed with a capital T truth and will cause a lot of harm to catch it, just like Captain Ahab. Dr. Faraday, who happens to hear the couple chatting, informs them that they're actually only a few feet away from the shore. Dang! And Mulder surmises that the lake monster used to live off of the tiny frogs until they start to go extinct. Double dang! <laughs> the three make it back to shore and run into the local sheriff, who has his men patrolling the lake looking for Big Blue. Mulder and Scully go back to look at the shoreline where they think the next attack will occur, and it does! Oh no, it's Dr. Faraday, and his leg has been ripped wide open by something he just couldn't see. Mulder gives chase and unloads a full clip into the dun-dun-dun normal-sized alligator that was able to bowl through multiple <laughs> trees and boulders on its way to him. <laughs> ah well, mystery solved. No reason to look into this any, any further. Mulder sighs and turns his back on the lake before walking away. Just as a CGI Big Blue rises from the lake and sloshes into the distance. The end. <laughs> Whew, what an episode. What a journey. What, yeah. uh, what a path that we have taken uh, <laughs> on, on this, this episode of Signals. <laughs> uh, this feels like such a, like, I feel like you could jump into this episode and, like, get a taste for the entirety of X-Files as a show. Oh yeah, because it is it is the most on the nose. Uh, I don't know what I saw, Mulder moment of yeah. like television history, because like literally they've done this story eight times now, <laughs> and like uh, we've covered. I don't know if you guys have watched it, but there's this movie called Crater Lake Monster, which is yeah. objectively a bad movie. Whoa, but in I the first Crater few, Lake, I gotta see this. Oh yeah. Oh, you gotta check it out then, because it's filmed basically on set or on site. 
in the 80s by a guy who just really wanted to make a film to prove he could make a film. And there's okay. multiple scenes that are just like taken in the city nearby. There's like a whole shootout, like chase scene that happens for no reason. It's good stuff. Uh, so yeah, it, uh, it, it's anyway, let's talk about monster design real fast, even though there's not much to do for monster design. So I have a secondary segment that we'll do, uh, to at least kind of flesh out this bit, which would usually be its own thing. But, uh, but big blue, uh, yeah. it's literally shows up in the last like five seconds of the episode and it is a CGI, a blurry CGI like creature that looks more like a snake than like a, yeah. A plesiosaur. I don't know what, what you're talking those? about. I think it could have just been the current. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're implying that there's such a little of a monster in this that we shouldn't have chosen this as our episode. No. Listen, <laughs> it it counts. Okay, Kyle has an argument for uh, when you can feel the presence of a giant monster throughout okay. the whole thing. So technically, sense. technically, this counts. It's, I mean, it's I only, passable. I just felt the presence of uh, a few fish, you know, <laughs> an alligator. I don't know what you guys are talking about. We don't have any evidence. Yeah. In Crater Lake Monster, yeah. though, they like do a swab of a severed limb's like, ch- like skin. They're like, yeah, there's a weird bacteria on here that doesn't match any known animal, and the bite mark isn't like an alligator or anything. That's really weird. Like, the, literally, yeah. a movie that came out like 20 years before this did a better job of like <laughs> Scully literally blows it off to like to the degree that it feels like she's in on the conspiracy, even though yeah. multiple times, yeah. Throughout this, she's been like, I just don't know, Mulder. It kind of seems like something bad or weird happened. I just don't know. <laughs> yeah. I listened to, um, I only got around to a few minutes of it, but I listened to the uh, X-Files Files episode on this, which uh, is Camille <laughs> Nanjiani. He did a podcast oh. where, where he covered like every episode um, or for the first like five seasons. But after that, anyways, uh I only listened to a few minutes, but one part I noticed uh, uh, was that they said his take on this was that the alligator did all the killings and the last moment is like really happy and positive because it's like, oh, you know, the mystery (laughs) does exist and it wasn't the one that was killing people and it's just peaceful. But like, no way. Some of those things that were happening could not be an alligator biting a a person (laughs) in half like. Uh, just beheading <laughs> someone like that, pulling the sheriff like twenty feet. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, <laughs> the only a- attack that we can like confirm was definitely just the alligator. Is Faraday being getting his leg bit? Like, yeah, yeah which is like it. you compare that to like the other deaths. It's like that <laughs> makes a lot more sense for an alligator. It's just like yeah, gnarling someone's leg as opposed to biting <laughs> someone in half. Well, and it's this thing that keeps happening in the show where, like, within the context of the show, Mulder's actually usually the reasonable one, even though Scully yes. is painted as, like, the scientific one who's yeah. using, you know, scientific <laughs> method and all this stuff. But, like, it'll be like, okay, there's half a body. And she's like, well, it could have been fish if it was decomposing in the lake. He's like, do fish cut them in half? Like, somebody in half? And then it's just silence. Like, anytime you yeah. get the like, final well, point. Well, don't be ridiculous, Mulder. On. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even though be you've crazy. been right about like 90% of your insane theories that we've yeah. come across in the past, I'm still <laughs> going to say no. <laughs> it's, that it's person would be headed that... by propeller. <laughs> When they, um, cause like she does this for like, I don't know, five seasons. And then when they, when, <laughs> when Mulder leaves and they replace him with the guy from Terminator 2, yeah. uh, suddenly she believes and he's She's the like, skeptic oh. because they couldn't keep it going. They were just like, okay, mm-hmm. finally she can like notice <laughs> the two feet in front of her. <laughs> I mean, it would be one thing if it was portrayed as her being afraid of the truth, you know? And mm-hmm. sometimes they do. Sometimes there are moments where it seems like she's genuinely like in the pilot they do a really good job of her being like truly afraid yeah and she's like well this but it doesn't make any sense i mean like it can't be that because that doesn't make any sense if it is that then there's something wrong like there's something wrong with me or like it doesn't it, it like you know she rejects it and those moments are really clever because it's like someone go like you're seeing someone go through all this legwork to prove you know, their, their preset belief and it works really well. But then like you have her being like almost flippant in this where she sees like a decapitated, like a a detorsoed body. And she's like, "Hmm, probably just fish (laughs) or the current, probably a boat that cut off this guy's head. (laughs) Like she, she hyper rationalizes it. It's so fast. And in not a way where it feels like she's just scared about what it could be. You know? Yeah. Totally. Yeah, she she doesn't like, want to believe. Yeah, it's it's like you know, Mulder's the guy who's driving a car and he hears a rattling thing. Is like, oh no, my engine's about to blow up. <laughs> Whereas, like, it feels like Scully is like, it's probably it's probably just like I don't know, like a a, a like a quarter or something, some some yeah. piece of metal. I don't know. I hit something and it's just stuck underneath the carriage. It probably doesn't matter. I can probably keep driving. And that's what it feels like sometimes. And then like I don't know. There, there's. I guess we'll talk about that. That's something for later, but I guess there's not much in the way of monster design. It's literally yeah. a weird little CGI snake. It's uh, let's we, talk it, about. We also maybe saw a picture of a tooth. So there's also oh, that. Maybe. <laughs> I don't, I don't really see a snake, but I think it's because I'm picturing the, the classic Loch Ness monster. So yeah. I'm picturing that back hump as like it's back and then it's basically it's like a brontosaurus. Yeah. Um, it's got the yeah, flippers. I, um... Plesiosaur, is that it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't know any dinosaur names, even though I've been doing this podcast for 80 million years. <laughs> uh, yeah, when I watched it, I was thinking it was a snake at first, too. But then. Please, Yesaur. Like, yes. I did it. That, <laughs> that's what that's what Nessie's supposed to be. Sorry. <laughs> that little, like, wave there, like, it kind of seems like it's. It's like a snake kind of like rising above it, but maybe it's just like a wave obscuring the, um, so it's kind of hard to tell if that's like a hump rising up or if it's like a yeah. snaky creature. I assume I think... it's, it must just be a hump rising up, but my first yeah. thought too was also like, it, it looks like a snake. Um, just like an it... Ekans floating up in the water and then just like perfectly <laughs> staying still. It's no, it, it's, it's implied that it's supposed to be like that plesiosaur classic, uh, Loch Ness mm-hmm. monster look, yeah, which Rabbit doesn't believe in. So, oh wow, let's, let's not wow, get him angry. 
Well, Oof. our our first episode was on King Kong, and I was doing research, <laughs> and it turns out that the first time that Loch Ness was ever described as looking like that was by a guy who was literally on his way home from having seen King Kong in 1933, so which yeah. has a brontosaurus in it and in the water coming out of it. So the theory is that the idea that it looks like that is actually based on King Kong. So interesting kaiju connection there. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's... Wow. Who would have thought that actually Loch Ness was because of King Kong, who is also well, real? Actually, Loch Ness <laughs> is also Loch Ness is also because uh, it exists and um, it's lived all these years and people have seen it. Yeah. No, wow, you believe in uh, yeah. QAnon? Wow. Uh, <laughs> way to tell us. <laughs> we're looking for the we're out here for looking for the capital T truth. We're waiting for the next Q drop to talk about yeah. Loch Ness. Actually, um, Loch Ness is JFK Jr. and um, oh yeah, um, he's he Nessie got an extensive plastic surgery to try and like hide his identity for mm-hmm. for when he comes back and uh, helps Donald Trump get back into office. Yeah, there'll be a gonna... giant plesiosaur staying next to him. <laughs> he's gonna unzip his costume and then have all the uh, <laughs> documents about how uh, <laughs> Biden stole the election. Um, <laughs> Even though he probably can't really even dress himself, um, it's. But uh, I just, I, I love that. Like they're like, oh yeah, this great big conspiracy. Like, okay, here's the thing in in X Files, and I guess we can talk about like this is like a, a favorite moments kind of thing in X Files. One of the things that's so good is that the the extraterrestrial threat is presented as like secondary, maybe curiosity at best. Uh, compared to the actual like unknowable horror, which is bureaucracy and like yeah. the power of the government, it is this big, unstoppable, super smart machine that like ultimately is filled with incompetent idiots that like also are super dark and shady. And so that's the problem with like a lot of conspiracy theories is that you have to believe in two tokens. First, that like the people in charge are huge evil geniuses. Second, they're also tremendous fuck ups that have to do things super like blatantly, uh, and that like that so you can catch them. And you're really smart because you're the main character. <laughs> and so this show, I think it feels like good that like ultimately the real evil, the real like unknowable shadowy figures are not little green men. It's dudes in business suits smoking cigarettes. Uh, Hell yeah. but man, that, that mentality has bled over into modern day conspiracy theories to, mm-hmm. to the extent that they ignore like proper normal truths. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's uh, true. I mean, I agree with that for the most part, but there are some like MK ultra people thought oh, that yeah. was a conspiracy and that turned out it's to be true. real. Um, and operation paperclip, which is also yeah. referenced in X-Files yeah like so listen there are plenty of things that, like i'm not saying the the uh, the government is good or truthful or like <laughs> good at lying because like they also do suck at lying mm-hmm. but usually the american populace just doesn't care yeah because ultimately the big conspiracies are always like to hurt like brown people in like south america or to get more yeah. like material resources somewhere or to yes. stop 
like capital C communism, aka capital S socialism from ever taking root anywhere because it would hurt capital. So like, that's the ultimate goal. And the problem is that like a lot of conspiracy theorists have this like, you know, like belief that like the higher order wants something evil and nefarious that is, you know, somehow like vague and nebulous. No, it's like straight up. Like they just want like power and money. That's it. They want to protect capital and they want to protect like capital in any way that they can, which means sometimes doing incredibly dumb stuff, aka Operation Fast and Furious from the Obama <laughs> era, in which <laughs> we got a bunch of guns and we're like, we're gonna track the, we're gonna track the guns and where they go in the car. Oh, we lost the guns immediately. We we literally put them in a box on the other side of the, and they're gone. We don't know where they went. Oh my god. <laughs> It, it is pretty funny that all of these like ancient aliens, like what a m- fake moon landing conspiracies <laughs> are distracting from like the very obvious, very blatant yeah. conspiracies it's, happening right yeah. in front of us to just ex- exploit our labor, <laughs> screw over all the non-white people. Like it's pretty obvious. It's, yeah. N- not yeah. only God, not only that, but you point out how like. A lot of the real conspiracies are like screwing over, you know, South Americans and, uh, yeah. you know, non-white people. And but a lot of these conspiracy theorists, they think that actually the conspiracy is that they want to like, uh, they want to have white open genocide borders and invite all these people into our country. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, no kind of. They want to. They want to take down our borders. Yeah, brother. <laughs> you listen to me, brother. God, it's uh, uh. um. So yeah, there's some problematic areas, uh, especially considering the modern day. But you know what's not problematic? Talking about my other favorite show, Supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Supernatural. Um, but I'm guessing you would say I should check it out, huh? Uh, probably like the first five seasons have like a pretty good story arc that concludes super nicely. And then just never go back. Just don't. Just don't. It's a literally everything after that is so dog shit. <laughs> it's so there's bad. a lot of seasons, right? There's like more than ten. Oh, there? there's like sixteen. It's wild. Okay. I yeah. think they just recently ended. I think it was ended on seventeen. I think I might be wrong. Don't fact check me on that. I could. I could fact Too check late. myself right now. I don't think they deserve it. Hold on. Supernatural <laughs> TV show. Real fast I, here. I have spent more time reading about the drama around how they treated certain characters in, when they came back in Supernatural than I have watching the show. And I will say that makes for some good Reddit posts <laughs> if, you, if you're bored. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Okay, it was 15 seasons. Okay. Hell yeah. So anyway, talking about Supernatural... Uh, one of the things that makes X-Files so great uh, and makes uh, Supernatural so tolerable most of the time is that they basically just like had the same staff and same crew on both shows. Nice. Uh, so Dr. Faraday, uh, played by Timothy Weber, went on to be uh, Ranger Wilkinson in one of the best episodes of Supernatural, uh, The Wendigo, which is in season one. It's like the third fourth episode it's just so good it's like truly like when they actually knew what they wanted to do with their monster of the week formula and he's a sheriff in that one and he nails it it's so good i love me a wendigo so (laughs) i'll check that Uh, out 
the guy in charge of the uh, the the fishery, the the bait shop and film store, which I do need to stress was a very interesting combo. Uh, uh, Mark Akinson, uh, he <laughs> he plays <laughs> he's Hansel, uh, a la Hansel and Gretel, but in an earlier season, he's also the Tooth Fairy, uh, nice. a horrifying monster that eats teeth. So. <laughs> There's nothing monstrous about eating teeth. Just wanna. Oh yeah, sorry. No, he he specifically is a horrible monster. But, you know, you can just <laughs> chew teeth. It's fine. Like I'm yeah. not gonna I'm not gonna judge you. I mean, feeling kind of judged, but sorry. Hey. Uh, it's nothing no. new. Sorry, I just <laughs> I have my prejudices and I need to get over them. You know, frankly, that's what I I should be working towards. Hey, speaking of prejudices, the <laughs> camera guy. The camera guy is uh, in a background. He's in the background of one episode of Supernatural. Uh, he he he's just. I don't even remember this episode. So he's in it. Uh, let's see here. Um, uh, you didn't here. even mention the episode. You just no, because it's called Hollywood Babylon, and I, I don't remember that one off the top of my head. Oh, that's a great We're misfit get- song. We're getting into episode or season three and four where I my memory starts to drop off a little bit because it's only um, at the end of season five that like my my real brain power comes back. Uh, listener, you should uh, pause the episode and go listen to Hollywood Babylon by the Misfits and then uh, <laughs> unpause. The Come episode back after. We'll be here. Go on to YouTube.com <laughs> forward slash Hollywood Babylon. And then Which, don't uh, click any of the suggested conspiracy links. Yeah, then, yeah, or just... any of the uh, show. I, th- I think it was a show by that that Tony Curtis hosted, I believe. Um, uh, of Hollywood, also linked to this episode Apple? because uh, Tyler Labine's van, the guy who licks the toes, he has a uh, Misfits um, sticker on his truck. Oh, True. yeah. Yep. Speaking yep. of which, that guy who's who's quoted as his character name is Stoner. Uh, was the was a guy from uh was um from Tucker and Dale versus Evil, which is yeah. probably one of the best horror movies ever made. Yeah, that's. I, I also I love that uh the, the I think it's the cop refers to him and his his uh, presuming girlfriend as Freebird and Moon Unit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that's that's Tyler Labine. He's uh he's actually like the only thing I remember from this episode. Just I mean he's uh. Not well-known actor, but he's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, been in TV shows and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, he's he's a good actor, so it's fun to see him. And he's also in the one of the reboot seasons of the show. Anyways, oh, back to Supernatural. Uh, oh no, it's okay. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, Ted. Oh, uh, the um. Uh, the guy who lost his pager at the very, very beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, that guy's a dick, uh, by the way. Um, uh, Mark, uh, or no, wait, sorry. Uh, Peter uh, uh, Hanlon. Uh, he was also in Supernatural. Uh, in the episode No Rest for the Wicked, he was Tom. Which episode is that? Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. It's when they're trying to get the magical knife to kill demons. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that guy... Uh... <laughs> In the X File, in this episode, he um, kind of a complete asshole. He's like, oh yeah, 
You can't expect us to put every frog species on the the endangered list. It's like, why not? Is there a limit? Is there a limit to how many species you can can be on it? I I hate to be the token tree hugger here, but I just need to point out that the frogs are all disappearing worldwide. This is not fake for this episode. This is not... This isn't a bit. This is a real... We are... We are having like a mass extinction of like multiple species. It's not. It's not a bit. It's uh, horrifying news. But yes. But uh, uh, as someone who's gone out and like tried to document endangered species to get them to not like cut down forests, it's so oh, wild. Shit. Like this guy is totally exactly like what they're like because it's all it's... backwards. It's like oh, we couldn't oh. find any of the endangered species. They're like cool. Then we don't have to protect the area. And it's like but we, there's none because <laughs> That's... there's no area for them. It's like but there's none here, so we can cut it down. And this guy, uh, he shit. gave me some flashbacks. Uh, that's wow. depression. I was like, I was hoping that this guy was just some horrible made up character who's just cold and who works in the uh, I forgot like forest department or whatever. Um, yeah, but doesn't give a shit about nature. I thought I was hoping it was just some made up character, but that's that's great. You news get learning. you get it's- two types of people in Parks and Wildlife. You either get the at least in in Austin and like in Texas in general it are kind of like people who love nature like whoa, uh, and then the other like two thirds are people who wanted to be cops and just couldn't do it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So they found their other, and they were like, well, yeah, it's like more prestigious than being like a mall cop. And I still get to like bully teenagers. Yeah, I was, to... I was recently looking at parks department's jobs and like one of them was like, a, uh, I don't remember if it was like park ranger exactly, but it was something along those lines. And it was like, one of the requirements was need. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And then one of the requirements <laughs> is like, you need to have your, uh, cop license basically in order to take yeah. the job. and i was just like oh not gonna apply for that one well and if i remember correctly he was department of forestry and department of forestry is part of the department of agri or the u.s forest service and the u.s forest service is part of the department of agriculture so those trees are just crops uh, to them so yeah so even if they love nature systemically it's pretty it's pretty much yeah. like that it's a bummer <sighs> well there's one other But guy he died, who... so it's fine. <laughs> That's true. Like right away. So, so So he he gets murked, and then the very next guy, uh Murray, who uh is just the fisherman, the guy who gets uh eaten in half that uh uh Scully's like, This happens all the time when fish eat people, it's fine. <laughs> but uh but yeah, those are the the last guy, the uh, no, that, I'm sorry, that's not even the guy who gets bitten in half. The fisher guy the, is the, the one fisherman, who yeah. drags the yeah, sorry, the fisherman drags the torso up to the oh, lake. Oh yeah. That guy was a bartender in the background of the episode where uh Sam was like, I'm not gonna hunt demons anymore, Dean. I'm gonna <laughs> live my life. And then Dean shows up with Castiel, like, Sammy, we gotta go. <laughs> I hooked up with this angel dude. He's my best friend now. He's totally a platonic best friend. Sammy! I don't want to watch this show. I just want you to describe every episode yeah. for me. I, I mean, I like could that'd do that. Be more entertaining. <laughs> I can I could do. I could summarize the the entire show. I. Uh, uh, but I feel like I'll leave that New for the after dark. <laughs> T- Tokyo Signal spinoff, uh, Supernatural <laughs> Files. 
<laughs> well, no, go watch go watch Darkened Streams by Grimbeard. There we go. That's the that's the plug. <laughs> if you all want right, right. a much better version of that. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so uh, we well, kind of talked about this already a little bit. But do you guys have any favorite moments of this episode? Well, first of all, I want to point out. You're doing your supernatural connections, and me as yeah. a diehard Twin Peaks fan, I'm gonna do all the Twin Peaks cast members. Uh, oh, excellent! People that showed up in Twin Peaks episodes. So, number one, David Duchovny, who uh, what? He uh, appeared a few times on Twin Peaks. He's uh, he's, he's a crossdresser, a, um, right? In season two. Yeah, I feel like in the new. Yes. Yeah, he in the he new was season he's transitioned or she's transitioned. I, I feel like in the new season, um, yeah, they transitioned. Uh, yeah. Oh. Nice. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yep, that's my uh, number one staff or cast member that appeared in Twin Peaks. And uh, Yeah. Number two? That's... Uh, no. Are you checking your notes? It sound, I can uh, hear some paper, paper shuffling around. Uh, Is that... Uh, 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 we I don't think we have time for any more. Uh, Let's go on to favorite moments. Yeah, you're right. We probably should move on. We'll we'll come back to the Twin Peaks connections later. <laughs> uh, no, David David Coveney's great in that, and uh, the the uh, the scene where uh, David Lynch is like, "And I told your coworkers to fix their heart, or they would be fired." Was a fun one. Uh, <laughs> you know firing people from the fbi for misgendering someone very unrealistic very very sick though (laughs) super sick hell yeah very sick i mean it's a pretty surreal show so that's true (laughs) uh man i guess we should we should probably get into this before we move on to favorite moments does a cab include uh uh agent cooper and Mulder and scully so i was at a uh i was at like a environmental like radical environmental animal liberation conference once and i saw a patch there that said the only fbi agents i trust and it had cooper and Mulder and scully on it Um, (laughs) all right which is a sick patch but i mean i gotta say yeah they're like i love them but i mean there's there's this weird thing where they're when you're a tv cop it's not the same but i mean yeah all means all i'm sorry i'm gonna hard line i um that's fair i i don't Mulder, he became an FBI agent for the purest reason to become an FBI agent, <laughs> to find out about the aliens that abducted your sister. I That's think, true. and his whole thing is finding monsters and supernatural creatures, and he doesn't seem to give a shit about anything else. It's so true, I, he, but he, he did have to go through the ranks to get where he's at, where he can just, like fart around in the x-files that's so true he but did have to do i could be remembering wrongly but wasn't he put on the x-files because he was like shitty and uh disobedient and they're like fucking just disobedient. go in this small room <laughs> go in this small room that we all neglect and do whatever the fuck you want to do so and i i scanned charlie through... language oh i'm sorry <laughs> I was scanning through a bunch of like episodes to kind of like see, you know, uh, what I could pick up. And in season two, he gets demoted from the X-Files and put in charge of tax evasion. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and he perfectly cat like gets all the information to arrest the guy in one day or in three days. Uh, so he's he's good at his job. Uh, I I do think you're right so, though, Charlie. They put him in the basement because they don't want. I don't know if it's because he's bad at his job or if it's because they don't want anybody really looking at the supernatural stuff they're involved in. They're yeah. they're parts of the conspiracies. Yeah, I don't remember the exact thing. So yeah, him rising up the ranks. He had to be. They both had to go to cop school, and they yeah. both graduated with flying colors. So, well, I mean, but yeah, Scully he, is for sure a cab. Like, there's no oh, question. Yes. You're denying yeah. yes the aliens left and right. Mulder, I have to give it to him, but it, I can at least say it hurts me. It hurts. Yeah, it's the it's the Wesley Snipes tear going yeah. down the cheek, yes. <laughs> gun pointed meme. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. Uh, it's, I mean, it, it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, look at your heroes, uh, in the mirror sometimes and see all their yeah. flaws, but, uh, yeah. but alas. And, and Dale Cooper, I mean, same thing. Anyone would escape a cab. It would be Mulder. And we can't agree that he escapes a cab. Then Dale doesn't. Yeah. Even though that's true. TV show. And that hurts. Problematic that's faves. Good. Problematic faves. Yeah. Problematic we all, we all got them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah uh do you guys have any favorite moments from this episode yes and my favorite moment is <gasps> when rabbit said his favorite moment oh wow how nice <laughs> um okay well if i'm going first i'm taking the obvious one it's Freebird and moon unit um <laughs> the hippie punks when they're they're trying to get the five meo dmt off of off the frogs uh <laughs> the totally wrong area come on new mexico kids no. um and uh, while you're in new mexico yeah. looking out for those frogs get them off the pavement they really like the asphalt because it's warm but the cars hit them protect the very dangerous the, yeah the the frogs that have the drugs on them so we can all just enjoy them and have a good time <laughs> uh so that, that's that's my favorite part <laughs> isn't moon unit frank zappa's daughter right isn't that frank zappa's daughter's name I have hmm. no idea. Sounds sounds right. He would. I think it is. I could imagine. I'm pretty sure it is. Um anyways, favorite moments. Um uh, well I thought it was particularly for prime time, there's some pretty um right, wasn't this on prime time? Yeah. Yeah. Fox. Uh there's some pretty kind of brutal stuff in this. Um a dog getting eaten by an alligator. I know we don't see it, but even just like a dog being killed in a, on prime yeah. time seems pretty, pretty gnarly. And then you mean uh, by seeing... a, a big blue. Yeah. Or, yes. well, <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, the Queequeg getting eaten by an alligator is, uh, believable. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Scully. Wow. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> It was probably just an alligator or something. I don't know, Mulder. I don't know what I saw. <laughs> Scully, your dog got ripped from your hands. I, I loved how after that, uh, Mulder is just like, I'm sorry about your dog. Anyways, back to the <laughs> movie that you don't believe in. Do you, do you want to go check out this mystery? <laughs> yeah. Oh, He's Scully, so I'm so sorry. Such an asshole. <laughs> um that was definitely one of my favorite moments. Uh, yeah, also, um, half of a torso, which 
I know it's not like the most gruesome effects or anything, but also that on primetime TV. Yeah. Kind of a little gnarly, um, which I appreciated. Uh, I also liked, I was thinking, this is more of a conceptual thing I liked, but I believe in Moby Dick, which I've never read. Have either of <laughs> you read it? Well, like in high school when you're supposed to read it. For I love um, Moby Dick. It's a great so book. Yeah, I doesn't... skimmed the hell out of it and then wrote my essay. So, <laughs> doesn't the whale not show up until like the last two pages or something? No, the whale's in it more than that. Oh, I thought he only showed up in like the last couple of pages. I see where Never you're mind. going there. That would have been a cool <laughs> parallel, but it's if it not. was, yeah. I'm sorry, but Queequeg is the best character. Queequeg Queequeg's is right. the best character. Yes. Do you guys? Um, my favorite moment is that as soon as they the they introduced the dog, my brain immediately went to like the episode of uh, Futurama where Leela's trying to hit on Queequeg and she's like, Is there Mr. Queequeg? Because <laughs> the brains are absorbing everyone's like logic and sentience. And <laughs> also books are becoming real. I don't remember. So your favorite moment was from Futurama, not from X-Files. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's uh, a great show. <laughs> it's, yeah, I can't believe you. I listen, I also liked the the episode. At that point though, I had been truly burned by the first 3 episode or th- first yeah, 3 episodes of season 3 which just blow chunks. Oh, yeah. They're so bad. And then I skipped to this and it was like um like a fine episode again, but it's like after season one's episodes and even season two's episodes feeling so good and just nailing it yeah. and then cutting to this where it was just like, okay, I was like, uh, you know, <clears throat> that's fair. If I do I think remember... the, the, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. uh, the practical effects are rad. Uh, Charlie is absolutely right there. Uh, and like, yeah, I think that like, uh, honestly the like the kind of like evolving dynamic between Mulder and scully is always good and them being mm-hmm. literally inches from the like shore and like just sitting there talking <laughs> the theme of the show at each other was very fun yeah uh but yeah, yeah. so i mean there's good moments obviously i you know not to um, be down on it <laughs> one thing about the uh monster um i read think on the x-files wikipedia on this that originally the monster was supposed to be practical effects and they're like trying to like drag it through the water by a boat but it just didn't look right so that they ended up deciding to use the cgi man yeah that could have been cool yeah apparently a lot of fans and a lot of uh reviewers at the time really didn't like that you see the monster and it wasn't just like a big wake moving through mm. and like an implication that there was something big uh and I, like the fact that it was literally like if Mulder had have waited like 0.2 seconds yeah. he would have seen this like ancient monster just rise up from the water and then swim off you know I well, that's wonder, another though, thing is that I like I know this episode's kind of famous for the scene where they're stranded and they like yeah. kind of get deeper into Mulder's motivations than they normally do, which I thought was fairly well done. And I wonder if that ties to this ending because it's almost like he he doesn't have a purpose without the chase. Yeah. And if he found the truth, he, what would what would he do now? Because just existing isn't enough for him, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, we also, I mean, we have like, honestly, that's probably the best character moment because of its payoff because she's like, I mean, listen, you would, you would get people hurt. You know, she's like, oh, you're Ahab. My dad was Ahab. Yeah. I'm Mm. Starbuck, whatever, which is obviously, you know, hmm, okay. Does, does, um, (laughs) does Queequeg and Moby Dick get eaten by Moby Dick? I don't remember. Uh, It's been so long. I I think the only person who dies is Ahab. I think I might be wrong. I thought like, I mean, maybe because I know he go like it, he's not even on his big boat anymore. He's like, it's like the the cover art where it's just like him on a boat throwing a single harpoon at a giant whale. I think that's how it ends. But I, I th- could also be misremembering because again, I did skim it and then probably just use like uh sparks notes to write an essay <laughs> or whatever the equivalent he, was i thought part of the thing was that like his his uh desire to, to get moby dick ended up killing everyone on the boat with him but once again i've never read it i've only uh, listened to people talk about it and i could be completely wrong i'd be willing to bet that you're right because that's the implication i got from the scene in this show <laughs> so <laughs> uh listeners if you've read moby dick uh reach out and in the comments tell me did ahab get everyone killed because that sounds right so i'm holding my copy of moby dick which i actually use to prop up my cell phone when i'm watching it in bed and Um, oh hell yeah i'm gonna gonna read the last this is something he always lies about about he's always like oh i'm a smart person i have this big book right here (laughs) um Um, so i'm gonna i'm gonna uh read the last line are you all ready yeah yes it's finis which i think is french for finish (laughs) there you go that's it okay (laughs) everyone else on the ship was finished by moby dick yeah okay thanks for confirming that yeah thanks now we get now i understand so yeah but uh, after having that extremely long protracted talk uh molder with an injured person right in front of him turns his back on scully and the injured dude to go run off into the woods chasing a monster and that is extremely indicative and goes guns blazing immediately so he is a cab for sure but uh he like you see like that's the the first time in the show where it feels like Mulder would sacrifice other people other mm. living humans mm-hmm. to get the truth and i think that was like that was extremely well done i think that, that was such a good payoff especially after all of the episodes i've watched where like it seems like one of the things that drives him is like this extremely personal thing where it's mm. like a really empathetic human connection uh 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 no no he like and his aloofness towards all these cases where he interacts with people he kind of seems like he's friendly but weird but no ultimately he is just like wholly committed to the truth and would leave his companion behind or leave an injured person behind if he thought he could get a taste of the capital t truth and i think that delivery and that reveal and that payoff of the earlier rock scene was perfect yeah it's also definitely there's this kind of deep thing where to him, the truth is kind of like this nebulous thing where it's just like the, uh, the truth of anything that other people don't believe in. Cause ultimately he's all about originally his intent is all about, you know, his sister is abducted by aliens. He wants to prove that. But yeah. n- now he's just like on this Loch Ness stuff. 
that he's just as obsessed with proving that the this uh big blue is real as he is with aliens he just wants to prove that anything that other people don't believe in is real so that yeah he can just point to that and uh yeah so it's just very a uh, notion of um yeah the truth yeah. is out there whatever the truth may be for whatever yeah thing we're it's talking very... about i guess um, yeah, no, it's very interesting that the truth really is just like proving that something that people say isn't real is real. That's like the most important thing to him in that moment. And I, I think yeah. that that was very well done. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's uh, that's my final thoughts on the episode. What about um, you guys? Any final thoughts on the episode or show at large? Yeah. Uh. Well, first of all, this episode. So like we I think we all agreed on that some of these attacks were from the alligator and some of the attacks were from Big Blue. Yeah. Right? We we all agree that. So I can yeah. I just aren't the attacks going to continue then after they leave? Yeah. Yes. I don't think we're like, "Oh shit, there's another alligator." Or like we have to go back or are they like, "Oh, uh, they they'll, they'll be able to deal. It's just a fucking alligator." I mean, unless the implication, uh, unless Kamal Nanjiani was fully correct and no, actually big blue didn't hurt anyone. And yeah. it was just an, a big, very strong alligator this whole time, <laughs> which yeah, did not look like that, that big or strong an alligator. Uh-huh. <laughs> it looked like a pretty, I mean, listen, I watched Lake Placid. I know how big an alligator can get. Okay? <laughs> Betty White taught yeah. me that at least. Yeah, so, I've been uh, lurking on Gator Twitter a lot the past couple months. So, oh yeah, yeah, um, which is not the <laughs> most impressive Gator I've I've seen recently. I lived in Florida for a while, and I have no comment. Um, there you go. <laughs> I went to a crocodile farm in Australia, and those crocodiles were scarier than this alligator. I drove past an alligator farm in uh, Colorado and I decided not to go because a blizzard was coming and I got too scared. <laughs> Understandable. I don't think the uh, alligators were going to be. They weren't going to vibe with it either. Well, they stick their <laughs> they were going to be out. vibing in the blizzard anyways. <laughs> <laughs> they have sunglasses on and like they give them little Mai Tais and uh, they get, <laughs> like sun chairs, you know, with like a big lamp on them. <laughs> and that's how they serve, that's how they deal with cold weather at uh at uh, alligator farms or Damn. alligator ranches. <laughs> it wasn't a farm, it was like a zoo, like a, a alligator you know. chill spot. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's still it's still prison, but <laughs> yeah. Um, um but yeah, but my yeah. overall thoughts for this are final thoughts. Uh this is a solid episode in my opinion. Um and it's been a while since I've last watched uh, X Files. I'm starting to think maybe I need to do a do a rewatch. Um, because yeah, I mean, I, it's so good. I, I love it. It just it hits just, all my notes. Just from season one alone, just the the three episodes I watched of that, I highly recommend giving this show a watch. At the very least, it gets very hammy and very funny. Um, that being said, obviously it does kind of like stray into some occasionally problematic territory, but man, that first episode, it's firing on all cylinders out of the gate. It is insanely good. Uh, I mean, you know, for the, the kind of like 
supernatural procedural and considering how much of a supernatural fan i was i just i ate it up <laughs> um to you because you're not familiar with the show i'd recommend the uh darren morgan episodes you already said you watched the one with the carnival um yeah but you should check out the uh clyde bruckman episode that's probably like yeah the biggest favorite um that's actually where queequeg is introduced um oh and i was gonna say Pier- like how long has this dog been part of the show? Is uh, it yeah, canon? I think that was episode four, season three, and this is episode 22. But uh, oh. but also the dog doesn't appear in every episode between there. So yeah, he, he's only in like a few episodes. Uh, but that that uh, that has Peter Boyle um, as uh, the lead actor in that. Um, oh, OK. You're familiar with Peter Boyle uh, is Frankenstein monster and young Frankenstein and. uh Yes. Uh the dad and that everybody loves Raymond. Um Yeah. Uh which is not as good as Young Frankenstein. Um <laughs> and then the other episodes written by Darren Morgan, uh Jose Chung's from Outer Space and uh, uh War of the War of the Cockroaches. Oh, These those those two oh. are some of the best, yeah. Yeah, those Oh my gosh. I highly recommend checking out those episodes. I, I, I was going to much... recommend the cockroach one. It's like early season yeah. four. I think it's great. Oh no. Uh, um, okay. I'll, I can, I can force myself through a lot of, uh, uh, bug trauma. I can do it. <laughs> it's a silly one. It's got a good oh, vibe. Okay. Yeah. My, my final thoughts on this one were going to be also an episode recommendation. Uh, it was going to be the cockroach one. And then, yeah, I was just going to say like, <laughs> this one is good. This one is fun. But for, if you want a good environmental X-Files episode, this is not their peak of that. I would say season one, there's one about, um, basically like earth firsters, like radical environmentalists, uh, trying to stop logging of old growth trees, uh, that is excellent like my favorite episode highly recommend i don't remember the name or what number but it should be easy to find i should point out here there's some bias going on because rabbit is or was an earth firster so it's not true not no i mean it's true that i am but there's no bias i'm an objective (laughs) uh, yeah it's an objective truth (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's what i that's what i say here about tokyo lives we only state facts there are no opinions (laughs) We are completely factually accurate uh, 100% of the time, guaranteed. That's what we like yeah, about that's, you. Yeah. That's the same <laughs> thing with our podcast whenever I'm talking. Yeah, totally. Speaking of, uh, so our next episode uh, uh, after after this uh, this Tokyo Signals, we'll be doing Bloodborne, uh, which will be Ooh. a lot of fun. But, uh, but before we, we wrap up, uh, where can people find you uh, and listen to more of your episodes? Um, you can find us on pretty much any place you listen to podcasts. If you search no gods, comma, no monsters. Uh, and we're on Twitter at no gods pod. It's very, very good. I highly recommend it at the very least for Charlie summaries. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, thanks for having us on. We I had a great time and uh, uh, hope to do it again. We'd love, uh, love hanging with you. Yeah, yeah I, we should. Sorry, I was gonna say, we should have you on ours sometimes. This is a lot. Hell of fun. yeah. Listen, I, I'm always down to to rail against uh, the machine. Uh, All right. So, 
anytime. Um, and yeah, uh, I had a lot of fun doing this episode with y'all and, uh, I look forward to further collaborations in the future. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, to all you listeners out there, I hope you have a wonderful night, wonderful morning and a wonderful weekend. And I'll catch you all on the next Tokyo signals. Bye. 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 This concludes this test of the emergency broadcast system.